All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is Leafs Morning Take with Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. Now we've got a fight started here right off the bat with Rosehill. 30 minutes of live, non-stop Leafs talk starts now. It's like a normal thing where you go for like three or four days. I've never seen a week-long trip to Disneyland. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know either. I think we've done three days Disney and now today we got Universal Studios and we're flying home, so... I don't know. Okay. It's a good good trip though. Good memories. It's a good place. I highly recommend well, it. Was Fair enough. As long as the family's having fun, that's all that matters. Speaking of having fun, man, I felt like I was watching the same movie last night. I just had the feeling Sorokin was making save after save after save and then lo and behold Josh Bailey who's been a a health bomb 53 times this season, ties the game, local product. We all know the story by now, and we're going to get into it. But first and foremost, think off the top I want to get your initial thoughts on the Wallstrom hit on Austin Matthews last night. Yeah, I don't, I don't like it, man. Like usually you got to break those hits down on, did the guy change direction? Um, who was being hit the guy who's making the hit? Did he stay in his, like on his rails? Did he stay in his lane and finish the check? And I can't stand it when a guy jumps out of the way, tries to avoid getting hit and jumps out of the way, leaving his legs exposed, and the guy stays on his hit path and goes through the guy's legs or knees, and everyone's screaming at him when the guy's chicken shit who should have just taken the hit. Austin Matthews did not do that at all. Um, you know, Wallstrom wasn't going to catch him, wasn't going to hit him, and he leans his leg out there. It's just it's they've been going on about that since the 70s. You know, guys blow their knees up like that. It's not cool, and they don't stand for it in the league very often usually, but um, not even a penalty on the play. But, uh, you know, I got no... 
no qualms with how Austin handled that. And thankfully it wasn't any injury on the play, but yeah, you, you can't hit guys like that. And especially when it's your star player, you know, last thing the league wants, last thing a team wants, last thing the fans want is star players, you know, all-stars getting blown up with their knees because guys are hitting like idiots. Yeah, definitely. And I think when you look moving forward, we got to get these hits out of the game. I don't want to compare it to the Alex Edler hit from a couple weeks back because, again, he has a track record in the history with those type of dirty hits. But I will say the one thing I was fired up about is that somebody actually gave a shit. Um, and I'm sure you saw this. Rasmus Sandin to the aid of Austin Matthews. Here's the video <laughs> of the knee on knee, by the way, here on the screen, as you can see. And Aaron, thanks so much for putting that up. Um, I like that from Sandine. I know he got shit pumped, but that's beside the point. I, when my top player, dude, when you're fucking Austin Matthews, somebody better be stepping in. And we've had this conversation a billion times. I think we've done like 30 shows together already. I need somebody to step up. I don't give a fuck who it is. So props to Rasmus Sandine. Oh, totally. So good to see you, man. Like, uh, Oh, it doesn't matter what you do in the fight, man. Look at, he's getting his right cocked there. And then when uh, Wallstrom goes down, he throws kind of a bomb and comes over the top. It looked great. It was awesome. And every, I heard some tweets there that were like, he didn't, he didn't even uh, hesitate. I was like, there's a little hesitation. You can tell his body knows he's supposed to go, but his mind's like, oh boy, here we go. And <laughs> absolutely love that, man. And Wallstrom, you can see when they're scrapping how much fucking bigger he is than him too. But anytime a skilled Swedish defenseman comes to the aid with his gloves off is just the greatest thing you could ever see. I'm sure the boys were so jacked to see that. And, you know, it takes balls to get in there and do that. And it's not his forte. I don't even know what is his fight count in his entire life. I can imagine it would be on one first. hand that you can count it. It was. There you go. But pretty yeah. wicked to see him. I love how they're adopting that kind of mentality and culture of protecting each other and stepping up. And I don't give a shit if I'm putting myself in, in harm's way. He's no worse for wear this morning. He's probably walking like he's 10 feet tall. So obviously love to see that. I'd love to find someone that doesn't like that. I would love to have a conversation with them because I think they'd be hard to find. You're about to eat your words. Uh, so I wake up today <laughs> and Biz calls this tummy sticks. Biz Nasty calls this tummy sticks. And it just, it's this, to me, this is worse than when, than Barkov giving Huberto the pass on the week. I can't fucking get over that. So I don't know if you saw this, a picture surfaced after the game of Sandine and Wallstrom talking. So I guess yep. they're buddies. I guess that's where the hesitation came from. I just don't think you would have seen that 20 years ago. And he got shit pumped, but I digress. Uh, do you read anything into that at all or no you don't care so biz thinks it's bullshit because they're buddies and it wasn't real a real fight or what no 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 he just calls it tummy six like this is unrelated to biz i just i i i hate the kumbaya league man i'm not a fan of it this is the nhl you're out to win you're out to kill and these guys are just playing tummy sticks that's the reference well i <clears throat> i hear you but you look at if, if the fight was this bullshit little fake we're talking beforehand and then afterwards nod but he went right at it and i mean wallstrom's throwing punches and i don't care yeah. who you are or what you think is going on when a full-grown man is throwing bare knuckle punches at your face and you're on skates it's it's real there is no faking yeah. about that and they yeah. probably know each other for sure. And afterwards, you walk across the hallway and say, hey, how about that? Fuck, didn't expect that this morning when, you know, you texted me <laughs> how's it going or whatever. But I don't mind it. I don't mind it. I don't like the stuff on the ice when the fans can see, unfortunately, someone from the media oh. snaps a pick and makes it seem all fancy. But uh, to be honest, I would just stick it to the phone after and text the guy if you want to. Why do you? They just have, seem to have no shame going onto the hallway in front of the cameras and buddy buddying it up after a game right which oh. i kind of agree with you it's a bit annoying like pretend yeah. like you're going to war at least <laughs> but nonetheless Dude, i was look so at him, jacked man. up he just did that. 
Yeah, it was so jacked up. He steps up for Austin Matthews. Nobody seems to want to do that this season, last season, the ones prior. And then I see the picture and I'm like, oh, fuck, but I digress. All right, let's get over the boards. So uh, first and foremost, our graphic designer, Aaron, tremendous job. Had to have DJ Khaled in there and in, in there because I feel like I'm watching a broken record. And, and Rosie, watching the game, I did tweet this out. I said, just a reminder, the Leafs are one and four in overtime and they lose quickly. Within the two minutes mark, um, Josh Bailey uh, ties it in regulation. And of course, Anthony Beauvillier wins it. This team looks absolutely lost in OT, in three-on-three OT. Which makes no sense, again, because of the star power, the talent, the personnel on the ice. They just can't figure it out. They're lost, man. Yeah, I don't. I mean, how, how much how much background does anyone have in three-on-three full-ice NHL hockey? What are you supposed to do? I mean, it is an anomaly. Look at the, look at the players they have. These guys should go out and be able to play pond hockey with the best of them. And maybe that's the problem. They go out there and they play pond hockey and they're not. Like it's to watch it on TV is insanity with the change of, you know, puck possession and momentum and odd man rushes and breakaways and scoring chances. And you, if you get a good scoring chance and you don't score on it, you're goddamn pretty sure it's going down the other way for a huge scoring chance again. So it's so hard to stay high while still outmanning the team. And it's just that fine balance of, of defense offense. And at the end of the day, I didn't, hate that goal they scored i mean he's coming down on justin hole and he labels one far side like fuck what are you gonna do i mean that's just a great shot but um it's it is an anomaly that they're not getting any wins with this roster with the firepower and they've got guys that are hot they've got guys that are scoring it's just one of those damn things but what are you gonna do but keep trying they're mixing up the people they start on in overtime and i mean what else do you do man yeah, there's not much you can do. I just, again, you watch the first couple minutes. William Nylander couldn't get off the ice. They kept icing the puck. Um, I think you look at other teams around the league, puck possession's a big thing, which is, you know, interesting because that's all the Leafs have been preaching the last couple of years is puck possession five on five, and then you get to three on three, and they want to just go for the jugular all the, all the time. I, I think patience is a virtue in this league. I think if you try to get it to, to a shootout, it's probably better predicament with, with what this team is putting forth right now in three on three i just think these guys look out of whack out of sorts and they're not really doing much in terms of providing offense or trying to score a goal right i think they're always chasing it and we've seen that thus far so now one in five in the ot uh beauvillier wins it um i wasn't crazy about the tying goal for shalgren you know to that point i thought toronto did a really really good job of protecting the house like you didn't notice shalgren last night and that's probably a good thing he is like the 17th string netminder do not forget that uh, yeah. But I, I think that was just a tough, tough giveaway, especially considering the way this team was playing in the third period and this game to let that goal in and then get it to OT. And I, I, it's a National League shot. I, I can't blame Shogren on the OT winner. Yeah, I mean, you look at the game, like they go down one nothing. When you surrender the first goal of a game, you kind of always feel like you're chasing and trying to catch up. And they did a great job yeah. at that. They they took the lead back. I mean, that's not easy to do. And that says to me that they're capable of being in full control of this game. They were the last two, three minutes of a game when it's a one goal game is super critical, right? I mean, um, turnovers at that point in time will just drive your coach nuts. Dancing around on one of the blue lines will drive your coach absolutely nuts. Um, 50-50 pucks not being on the defensive side of it, that'll drive your coach insanely nuts because last thing you want to do is let that 
let that game, let, let that team back in the game late in the game, a couple minutes left, and then they got all the momentum going into overtime, and it's just exactly what happened. So, um, you know, bottom line, Chalgren, he is your four-string goalie. He can't be coming out of the net making a turnover like that. It's just I smiled because yeah. I was like, that is the NHL for you. You make a mistake, and it is in the back of your fucking net. It's like hungry sharks just waiting, and if you have a bad turnover like that, boom, it's in the back of your net. It's my number one thing with the NHL is the mistakes are so highlighted. So it is what it is, man. Um, You know, you got a point yeah. out of the deal. You didn't yeah. score first, but you battled back. There's a lot of positives. you got to remember that we don't even have one of our two goalies in right now. And just as easily could have won the game. So got to take the positives out of that. And yeah, it's weird we're not winning in overtime. Um, we haven't even seen a shootout because they can't even get there, let alone, <laughs> you know, win one in overtime. But that's just the way it goes. I, I'm not going to worry too much about that. Um, obviously, Shaw Grant's pretty mad about him, that himself this morning, I'm yeah. sure of it, because the game was pretty much on his stick. But life goes on. Ilya Sorokin, again, as we predicted on yesterday's show, would be a story. I thought he was really, really good, especially 1-1, especially 2-1 to keep his team in the game. But that's what the upper echelon goalies in this league do. Uh, some positive notes as well. John Tavares, game 300 as a Leaf, scores. He's got 7 of 11 via the power play on pace for 45 tucks. So he's having a brilliant start, as we've referenced time and time again. And they have 13-game point streak for Mitch Marner, two assists, 19 points in that 13-game stretch. I thought he was fantastic last night. But we roll on. The Morgan Riley injury um, is another significant piece of news from the game last night. And uh, we saw it as the third period went on. And the unfortunate thing, it was like an awkward collision where neither players saw each other coming in the form of Kyle Palmieri and Morgan Riley. But he comes back for one spin after that, does not return. Uh, they're calling it an upper body injury. I know Sheldon Keefe after the game said Riley needed uh, imaging done on his injury. So that does not look good. And uh, that, that's a big time loss, Rosie. Yeah, I, I don't see anything about upper injury there. It looks like his knee gets caught up yeah. in Paul Mary there. He goes down and grabs his knee. Um, he falls kind of funny. I guarantee that's a knee tweak right there, but they call it whatever they want. doesn't really matter, obviously. But, yeah, you're going to notice a huge hole in the lineup if if Morgan Riley's not playing. I mean, he to, to the untrained eye, to someone who's not following this team very well, you, you don't see him in the big celebration scoring lots of goals and whatnot. I don't even believe he has one this year does he but um look nope. at the points that he puts up damn near point a player as a defenseman and just the reliability that he has on the back end the presence that he has the plays that he can make he can get out of his zone he can get it in the big boy's hands he can finish plays in the ozone he's just such a solid solid defenseman and they're freaking going to be missing him if he's out again and you know it's fair to say 20 games in now this this team has been bit by the injury bug you know they haven't yeah. had their full roster they haven't even had close to their full roster this entire season, not even since preseason. And, you know, if, you know, Morgan Riley goes down, I think it's going to be difficult to, he's going to be impossible to replace and they don't have anyone to do it, but it's just going to continue on this, this streak of man games lost to injury. And it's shitty because, you know, you're trying to get things rolling and you're constantly tweaking that lineup and trying to fill holes is, is not the way to do it. Yeah, that's just the way things go in professional sports. Uh, you know that as best as anybody, obviously, playing in this league. And I think a perfect example of that this year is the Columbus Blue Jackets, who just can't stay healthy. Patrick Laine, Zach Wierenski, the list goes on and on, and they're up against it right away. But it's got to be next man up. And I think for those looking for a trade, I just don't think this is doable for Kyle Dubas. It's a salary cap world. They don't have much space. I think they have to be wise and smart with their long-term usage of the cap money they do have if, if a guy like Muzzin can't come back. And 
I think it's got to be internal. I think it's got to be Victor Mete. Uh, take one wild guess, by the way, who played the most for the Leafs last night, by the way. A wild guess who played the most. Don't say Justin Hall. Fucking rights. 2307, man. Justin <laughs> Hall. And then I saw him in overtime, too. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not putting the blame on Justin Hall, but if he's got to play an OT shift three on three with two offensive studs, I think it's problematic. I think what it showed again last night is that they're really, really lacking the depth. You take Riley off that roster, man. Rasmus Sandin is not playing well. Um, I don't think Lilligan can elevate, elevate to that level. I know Giordano played an uptick last night, but it's a struggle. And I think to your point, you make an excellent point in the fact that Morgan Riley is a guy often not spoken about, but you take him off this Leafs roster, it is not good news, Rosie. <laughs> no, it's really not. And uh, I think we're going to find out if he is out. Hopefully it's just a tweak and he throws uh you know, some kind of a brace on there and he's good to go, but it's a quick yeah. turnaround, man. They got the devils going on here. I just don't see that, uh, you know, the way he's grabbing it, the way he doesn't come back, tries to go for twirl, not good. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. But they're certainly going to lose him. Uh, they're going to miss him if they do. And I don't know, man, it would take some creative, some creative uh, ingenuity in the, in the brass section yeah. there to get something going on because I don't know, maybe you can get some of these guys, someone to bite on, you know, like a uh, a Kerfoot or an Engvall contract somehow in replace yeah. for someone that you just see that maybe is a little bit unproven or young or I just don't know. Just good luck finding that, right? It doesn't exist, but I, I think the decor is closer than we think. It is not complete, but I think if you just find that one piece they're missing, that, that one kind of glue where you can kind of always have something solid on the ice that's reliable, um, I think they're missing one man. And can they get that? Uh, very doubtful. It's it, The guy doesn't even necessarily exist, let alone available to them. Oh, the guy was on our show two weeks ago. His name's Luke Shen. No, I, I think somebody along those lines, right-handed shooting defenseman who can play on the PK. Like, I, I just don't know if you're going to get, like, a Colton Pareko type right now. It's just really, really hard to do. Just look at the Ottawa Senators. I think they've been after a top-four defenseman for, like, months on end. Still can't find them. And and guys continue to go down. I know Jacob Chikrin is the big sexy name out there. I just think it's very, very unlikely, especially from a Maple Leafs per A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Perspective. Meantime, the quarter mark review, Rosie, I can't believe it. They're at the 20 game mark of 82 in this regular season. Time is flying to put things into perspective. Toronto 10, 5 and 5. That's 102.5 uh, point pace. 
Last season at this time, they were 13-6-1. And, of course, they, they finished with a franchise record, 115 points last season. Uh, the PP6, the PK's 18th. Goals for 2.95, tied for 20th, and the goals against, uh, they're eighth in the league, which is pretty impressive. They're second in the Atlantic right now behind Boston, a nine-point gap there. The Bruins just don't lose. Um, your overall assessment through 20 games of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Rosie? Um, you just got to wrap it up and say it's positive. I mean, it's very positive. Yeah. They're a good team. All the numbers show that. Um, they don't have anything that's hardly past the halfway point, and they got some some front-running numbers there. I really like that goals against uh, at eighth. You know, that's top 10 in the NHL for goals against, which, you know, has always been kind of their Achilles heel, whether it's been defense or defending or turnovers or goaltending. So um, I really think that they have uh, had a solid first quarter to the season. And like I said earlier, they haven't even had a chance to put their full lineup together. You get these two goalies going back to back. Um, you know, I saw Matthew's uh, tweet on his numbers five on five, and they're just, they're abysmal compared to what he's yeah. used to. And, um, you know, that's only going to be a matter of time before that fires up. And, you know, you get you get some health, you get some guys back on D, you mix some things around, all of a sudden the, these guys are capable of going on, you know, 10-game winning streak and whatnot. And if they don't, it doesn't matter. It's just putting the blocks together to figure out who this team is and how it, how it's running, you know, as smoothly as possible. And and they've been doing that. They've been moving things around and finding things. So I just, I got nothing but positive things to say. If, if you're a, if you're a fan of any other team in the NHL and you look at all that, what are you saying? Unless you're like a front runner, like prediction to win the Stanley cup, what else do you want? Like, yeah, we're rolling. We're, we're winning lots of games. We've got some injury trouble. Are we perfect? No, we're constantly working and changing to fix things. But, uh, I, I just I just give it, you know, a, a thumbs up positive start to the season and let's keep doing better and keep getting better and better every game until, you know, we're we're just a main machine coming April. That's the goal, right? I, I echo those sentiments completely. Um, I think it's been a pretty decent November, all things considered, considering the way they started in October. Having said that, I, don't, I just don't put much stock in the regular season. You know this working with me through about 30 shows now that I think this is a foregone conclusion. They're going to get to the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's it's more so what they do in the playoffs. But you want progress. You want build. I thought they looked really good last night. And I thought all four lines offered something a bit different. Uh, I think they're really, you know, we've talked quite a bit about identity throughout this season. I think the Leafs are trying to, are starting to get that, I should say, especially in the bottom six. Like, I've really been impressed by the third line, the fourth line. I thought Engvall was going last night. Aston Reese has been providing, like, I think they have to feel really, really good with what they put together the last little while in terms of the bottom six here. Yeah, I think so too. It's good to see. It's, uh, <clears throat> you know, some guys are, you know, I think they've kind of gotten in trouble just by ju just trying to put the best quote-unquote hockey player they can on all yeah. four lines and go out and do the exact same bloody thing. And, you know, that's frustrating because that just does not work, right? The game doesn't work that way. And, I mean, that's why, you know, you put together all-star teams that don't get anything done because it's not a it's not an all-star game out there. It's, a, it's NHL. And you need that depth and you need that difference at experience levels and, and, the goals that you're trying to accomplish as a line is not always necessarily the same, right? And they coaches will put out strategic lines based on the situation, the momentum in the game and what's happening and what we need. And I agree with you though, that the bottom six is, I especially like the fourth line. Like I'm starting to see Zach Aston Reese a lot more um, doing positive things. And it comes from like a high 
level of effort and energy. He always seems to be kind of like a workhorse lately. Um, Camp, obviously, really solid. And, you know, I like Malgan there on the fourth line because he's a guy who, like, may not even yeah. have been on the roster. He might have been on the Marlies for the most part, but he also kind of, you know, showed that he's able to play in this, this league. He's got the skill and the ability to play in the NHL, and he should be here. So, like, I think him his best way is to you know mold himself into that bottom six player and show like hey do you want a really good bottom six guy which i can be is he going to be a second line player no he's just not quite there and they got too many guys to fill those holes so go down a line bring what you already have that makes you even questionable for the top couple lines but bring all that fourth line shit that energy that defense blocking shots be a workhorse work with the those other two guys to just be this wall that you know you can put out there at certain times and just fucking change games and dominate and you know chip in with a goal here or there he's got the skill to do that and and then you know make big plays on the other end bang and crash a little bit i don't care how big you are man no one likes to get hit in this league anymore run guys through the fucking wall and then get off and see the see the backlash you get from other crowds and stuff it's beautiful man just play that role hard and understand what you're doing and play it and it's very useful and they're starting to do that which is awesome what's your grade level then uh professor on them Rosehill? on the whole team no, just on the team 20 20 game mark your grade level good question good question i would say my grade level is a b plus a okay. B plus. Okay. They're not in the A area. They had too ugly of a of an October, um, and I don't think you're capable of playing like a hockey when you don't even have your roster when your goalies have been hurt all year long. And I think that to have that B plus ranking and to be where they are with the numbers we just showed up, we have our fourth string goalie in right now. Can you think? Can you tell yeah. me a team who's got their fourth string goalie in for as long as Shalgren has had to play, and he's done well, but he's still the fourth string goalie. Yeah. Give me another yeah. organization that can do that and be sitting where the Leafs are right now with the shit that they've had to go through. We just assume, oh, they should be winning every single game always. Well, it's like no one can do that, man. It's impossible. Mm -hmm. I think they've been done phenomenal for what they've had so far in the, the first quarter. I should preface by saying I'm a tough marker, uh, but it's a B minus for me. Um, and I hate to say, I think it's the same team, dude. And, and the proof will be in the pudding come the springtime. I hope they prove otherwise, but I do think it's the same team. We see this episode every season. They have terrible October. They find their way in November. They pump 105, 115 points. And then, yeah, well, they lose in the first round. So until I see that, I'm going to have the same mark, probably. But you're fighting against the ghosts of Maple Leaf past because of everything you've We're seen and done. We're living in the present. I get it. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. I Therapy I hope you're wrong, here. buddy. I hope you're <laughs> wrong. I just been through this car crash way too many times. But again, I love your optimism. I hope this year is different. But again, anybody watching and listening has seen this episode before. But I digress. Uh, the wrap-up is brought to you by our friends at Points Back Canada. So unfortunately, I took the L in the first day of the week. I had uh, John Tavares anytime assist and he scores, but we're back at it tonight. Just uh, a few games. Again, it's a weird week with American Thanksgiving, no games on Thursday. But I would like Tage Thompson over three and a half shots on goal. The price is juiced. I don't care. Minus 160. He's cleared in six straight games. He has 38 shots on goal in the past six games. So Rosie, naturally, he's not going to hit tonight, is he? <laughs> I honestly just think four <laughs> shots is a lot to get for anybody. And when you take those uh, flyers, who knows, man, it's uh, it's that's betting, man. You just don't know. There's no guarantees. There's no yeah. sure things. But Vegas must not like it too much because, like you say, they juice that uh, 
that yeah. line. So maybe there is a good chance, but man, it's just freaking hard to get four shots. But like you said, he's been shooting like crazy. So what are you going to do? You're going to take a flyer on him and he'll probably shit his pants. Yeah, themes and trends. We got to look at that. Buffalo's lost eight in a row. Whatever. Tate Thompson's a beast, man. He had nine shots on goal the other night in that loss to Toronto. I'm going to ride him. Whatever. That's we'll insane. see what happens here. I've done it uh, earlier in the season as well. But some of these guys just love shooting the puck. Uh, Nathan McKinnon's another prime example. Every time you look up, it's like seven, eight shots on goal a night. Don't they get tired? Like, I was even... Oh. I was joking uh, joking around with my beer league teammates the other day. It's like, what would my shot prop be in, in beer league hockey? Like, maybe half a shot? Like, I, I'm more of a playmaker, so I'm a bad example. You do get some guys who just shoot from everywhere. But, like, it's always unique to look at it from that perspective. Like, what would your shot prop be if you played in the NHL right now? Minus one and a half? <laughs> oh, probably unless I iced, uh, unless I did a high dump and chased it and it kicked right and hit the goalie maybe. <laughs> But no, that's yeah, a lot of shooting, it. man. Think about the shots that didn't get yeah. through, the shots that got blocked or tipped or deflected. Um, you know, you're just to get those. And how many did you pass up where you, you dish it or you yeah. don't think that's a good enough opportunity, man, to, to, to put eight shots on net in an NHL game is crazy. You got to play a lot of hockey. You got to play a lot of minutes and you got to put yourself in a lot of positions. And I mean, good hockey players are putting up that many shots a night. But, um, you know, obviously a guy like McKinnon isn't just frigging shooting them from inside the blue line to get get shots up he's those are all pretty much all i would say more than half of them are quality scoring chances so not easy to do obviously and furthermore they have a, a new statistic shot attempts so that's uh in addition to the shots that actually hit the net and then don't forget about the posts and all that so yeah there's a lot working with the math in the nhl these days so we're gonna wrap here but rosie coming up on wednesday uh another showdown game with the new jersey devils man they haven't lost since october yeah. 24th a 13 game win streak and the leafs ended tomorrow night what is that even man like their numbers are they 16 and 3 Jeez, yeah. it's like you don't even see that man that's pretty insane so sucks we got to face them again in their barn right away after having them but uh you know solid uh solid game there on the weekend against them damn near could have won it but it's going to be tough, man. I think they're going to be licking their wounds a little bit, and that team is just fired hot. They want to set a record. They're in their home barn. We got, you know, hopefully Murray will be back in playing like he was. And, uh, yeah. you know, chance we got Morgan Riley not in the lineup. It's just not setting up uh, fantastic for the Leafs, but um, a huge, huge time for, uh, you know, a character check and seeing what you can pull out when you don't have your best stuff. They might be a bit tired. They're banged up and whatever else. They probably got a lot of excuses to not get a point or two out of this game, but, you know, that's yeah. when uh, the rubber hits the road. It would be a very, very pleasant win if they took them down from their top of their mountain. Yep. That, that's why they play the games, right? It doesn't matter who's out of the lineup. And I just think it's funny. New Jersey has won 13 in a row, and they're still behind Boston, who is 17 and 2. Like the Bruins win every fucking game. How about that celebration last night? I don't know. I'm not sure if you saw this. So Patrice Bergeron gets a huge milestone, and the entire bench clears. Like if you want to know how much he means to that franchise and that team, just look at the celebration from last night. Marshawn scores the goal, but it's all about Bergeron. Yeah, like if, I mean, imagine how much fun they're having right now. Can you imagine playing in that league where you're just oh. shithauling everyone you come across <laughs> and you're just pasting everybody? It would just be, it'd yeah. be so fun. You'd be having so much fun. I mean, the biggest problem would be stay focused, stay on track. I mean, the guys going out to dinners and having beers after and flying on the planes and getting to the hotels and doing all the stuff that they're doing would be so fun that it would just be hard not to breed this unbelievably tight team where everyone's just having the time of their life 
and everyone's got these, you know, the same unbelievable experience going on. Everyone's just totally jazzed up. And I think that shows when, you know, one of their boys does something incredible. It's just tack it on to the, the latest thing that's that we're just kicking ass and everyone jumps out and is so happy for them. It's just they're flying so high right now. It would be wicked to be on that roster, to be honest. Yeah, don't forget Toronto beat them. Do not forget that. The Leafs are one of those two teams to beat them earlier on in the season. It is a long campaign. Again, we'll be back with you uh, coming up at 11 a.m. Eastern time on Wednesday to tee up the Leafs and the Devils from the Prudential Center. Uh, Rosie, excellent job today. Okay, bud? Thanks, dude. Should be a good one. We'll see you then. There you have it, Jay Rose. Hill. Remember to subscribe, tap that like button, leave us a review. Thoughts, comments, and concerns get to this, and uh, we'll get you on the show promptly with that. But for Jay Rosehill, I'm Nick Alberga. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Take care. 